Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Model S totally dominates its market, one Model X version disappears, Germany makes the biggest commitment to electric vehicles a country can possibly make, and much more. Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast coming at you every Sunday with a new episode at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I wanted to start the show with the most sincere of apologies. I realized I made a terrible mistake not long after last week's show, episode 62, went live. And I was trying to think, well, what, what should I do about this? Do I upload a new version of the show, replace it, but then some people have the new one, some people have the old one. I figure, well, I made a mistake. Let me just own up to it, just own it, and apologize for it next week, which is right now. Uh, I was able to update the, the title of last week's episode and the description to acknowledge this. But as some of you no doubt recognized, and by the way, I appreciate that the overwhelming vast majority of you, particularly after I changed the name and the, added the, the uh, updated description, did not uh, pile on me for this. I do appreciate it. And it's, I got the, the discontinued color. You know, last week I talked about two discontinued colors, solid white. And the other one, I just, human error, I completely got it wrong. Now, hopefully you can understand this mistake. But it was a mistake, and I, f I feel awful about it because I just gave you wrong information. And that's something that, you know, I, I have a journalism degree. I've been doing this a long time. I take this podcast very seriously. I mean, I have fun with it, but I, I take the responsibility of it and the, the fact that a lot of people listen to it and enjoy it very, very seriously. And I just screwed up last week. So I had said that Silver Metallic, as Maggie the Boxer drinks up in the background... I had said that Silver Metallic was discontinued. Uh, I'd spotted the thread on the Tesla Motors Club forum, and then I went onto the, the actual design studio to look for myself and just, just kind of took the quick glance and saw, oh, yeah, there's fewer colors here. And I just, you know, I, it's, I won't make excuses. I mean, it's, it's the busy... I, I could, but I'm not going to. I just screwed this up. I said it was Metallic Silver, which is, you know, just silver that's... That, that that was one of the two discontinued colors. It's not. Uh, I said, oh, well, this is the second time it's been killed off. Nope, it's been killed off and brought back once, but it has not been killed off twice because it hasn't been discontinued just now. Uh, it was titanium metallic silver, the name given to the color that I would call a sort of champagne color, like a like a light bronze, like a... that. I, hopefully you all know what I'm talking about. I'm sure, I mean, you can find pictures if you Google image search instantaneously. But uh, it was titanium metallic silver, not metallic silver. Uh, I could say, well, you know, Tesla could have, could have differentiated the names of those a little bit, but I'm not going to blame it on Tesla. It was my own dumb mistake. I completely got it wrong. Uh, it's uh, obviously not on purpose. It was a total accident. Not looking to steer you guys wrong, but yeah, screwed that one up. So I really sincerely apologize. I felt terrible about it. Uh, 
And so let me, not, fortunately, not everything I said about on this topic last week is, is invalidated and wrong. I mean, everything I said about solid white still stands. But what I will simply say about the titanium metallic silver is that it was the newest color in the Tesla repertoire in the, in the paint uh, studio there, the design studio. And clearly it did not go over as well as Tesla must have hoped because they have, they have cut bait with it and they've, they've gotten rid of it. So, I mean, I've seen a handful of titanium metallic silver Teslas around. I've seen a few X's, although none lately. Uh, but particularly, I've seen a good handful of S's. In fact, my P85D review car last year, much to my chagrin, not that beggars can be choosers, but my review car was a titanium metallic silver with the dark gray 21-inch wheels. And the wheels helped. The wheels kind of made it bearable. But I, I personally, personally, I do not like that color. Obviously, paint color is the single most subjective thing, the, the single most subjective choice you can make on a car. Uh, it's not for me. I think it's kind of a, kind of a, what's the term? Almost like a, a more Buick Cadillac kind of, you know, it's not, it just doesn't fit the sportiness and, and exuberance, for lack of a better term, of the S or the X for that matter. For me, but again, you may like it. Uh, in fact, my cousin Pat, who I had told you about a while ago when he came up to visit back in August, I think it was, or July maybe even, Jesus, the year's gone by so fast, that we went and test drove the X and he was telling me, like, that's his favorite color. If he, you know, he hasn't ordered an X yet, you know, he was thinking about it, he's, he's kind of hanging back right now, but he had it, he was down to titanium metallic silver and blue, the metallic blue, and uh, I actually texted him the news when I figured out that I'd screwed up, and he was legitimately disappointed, he was, he was, he was bummed out, he, he was not happy to hear that that color is gone, so... Uh, no more titanium metallic silver, which again is the sort of champagne-ish color, not the silver silver. That color is still available on both the S and the X. Uh, I'm still surprised to see solid white gone, though. That Everything I said about that last week stands. So again, one last time, I just, I, I genuinely feel bad. I, I know, you know, you, you folks kindly give me a lot of... Uh, your trust just by virtue of giving me the time that you give me every week for this podcast. So I, I do apologize, and I will uh, try to look more carefully and try to get back to my usual journalistic best uh, when putting the show together. So last weekend, I told you that uh, I was trying to cash in my wife's very generous and very thoughtful birthday gift of renting a Model S for an afternoon We'd looked on Get Around, but uh, you know there were some just unfortunate mileage restrictions that just weren't going to work for what we wanted to do. Basically, what what we did and what I wanted to do and what we ended up doing just in my infinity, unfortunately, was to uh, we just wanted to drive down to Santa Cruz. There's the the beach boardwalk down there, which uh, by the way, for you fellow New Jersey people, I'm originally from New Jersey, as some of you may know, uh, the the actual boardwalk in New Jersey. Uh, is a, is just a wonderful thing. Arcades and funnel cakes and uh, you know, actually beach and and uh, just a, a really good time, very cool carnival kind of fun atmosphere. The Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk definitely feels like a uh, sort of a, a 
uh, an imitation of it almost. No, it's not bad. It's it's totally fun, but uh, not the same for me. But I guess that's because I've got the inherent bias of having been to the East Coast one first. But in any case, yeah, I just wanted to drive down there because you know to drive there, it's about uh, from San Francisco. It's about an hour and a half or so. And you can take, there are a few ways you can go, but I wanted to just take Highway 1, the Pacific Coast Highway, which is just beautiful views, and it's just a wonderful drive, uh, mostly one lane in each direction, and it's, it's just such a nice drive. And so, didn't end up getting to do it in a Tesla, but uh, took my, just took my car, even though, you know, I hate kind of burning the gas and, and putting more miles on a car that I'm trying to keep the mileage down on so that I can maximize its resale value in time for, you know, when, when my Tesla time comes. But in any case, we had a nice drive, and uh, I, I inherently, you know, I've told you guys I'm, I'm mentally ill when it, comes to thing, when it comes to Tesla things. I have a problem. And I can't help but count, particularly now, I'm, I count Model Xs, because I'm curious, oh, how many will I see on a given, on a given trip somewhere? Because, in fact, lately, this week, I would say in the last week, I've seen at least one every single day. But on this drive, you know, it was a, it's about 75 miles each way. So a total 150-mile loop. And we took a different way going back. So it really was kind of a loop down to Santa Cruz and back from San Francisco. And uh, I counted seven Model Xs in, uh, on, the, on the round trip. And I have to say, again, you know, I've, I've talked about my theory that white seems to be inherently or seems to be uh, just statistically way more common than any other color in my weird anecdotal observations. It held true again on this trip. Of the seven Model Xs that I saw in the 150 miles of driving, four of them were white. Four of them. So that's well more than half. But anyway, well, you know, one of these days I'll have to get a whole... I'll, when, I can, when I'm sort of legitimate enough to get... Tesla officials on here and and uh, sort of become you know a little more of a of an actual source hopefully one day I, I gotta ask him you know what's the breakdown of colors particularly on the X like am I nuts on this because I just keep seeing it over and over but uh, I did see two blue ones today so just <laughs> just to knock it out a little bit but uh, in any case it was a wonderful drive. Boy, if you're ever in Northern California, and I'm sure this applies to Southern California as well. In fact, I've driven, I've driven the Pacific Coast Highway in part of Southern California, but um, the, the PCH, you know, Highway 1 up here in, up in the Northern California area, it is a beautiful drive if you're ever up here. So give it a, give it a ride if you're ever up here with your Tesla. Have happy electric motoring on the on the Pacific Coast Highway. Now, speaking of Model X, getting into this week's Tesla news, the 60D Model X, the base model that was introduced very, very recently, has already been discontinued. It's already gone. But interestingly, the Model S 60 has not been discontinued. It very much remains. Of course, the 60 kilowatt hour Model X was just like the Model S version, a software limited 75 kilowatt hour battery pack. And what this move does, the discontin, pardon me, the discontin, boy, I cannot, I cannot say that, uh, the discontinuation of the Model X 60D has now created a pretty significant price gap between the base S and the base X. 
It's $66,000 base price for the Model S before any incentives. And the same on the X is $85,000. So that is a very, very significant gap. Uh, it seems to me the Tesla is doubling down on the S and would clearly that tells me that people, the Tesla would rather push people over to the S. The question is why? Perhaps because the S is easier to build. Uh, perhaps it's because the S is less likely to, uh, to, be, to be needing a punch list of items taken care of uh, by the service center after delivery because the, the X is still in its infancy and they're still working through a lot of issues. You know, the very same way that the Tesla was, or a similar way anyway, the Tesla was at this time in the Model S cycle which would have been, you know, call that mid-2013, mid effectively. That's where we are in the Model X timeline. Or maybe the 60D was just put there for the, Q, the big Q3 push when Tesla was trying to become profitable, which we will find out next, or pardon me, we'll find out on the, uh, the 26th. The, the only other thing that comes to mind is maybe Tesla just didn't get many orders for the 60D and wanted to, again, as they did with the titanium silver metallic paint and the uh, um, solid white paint, maybe they're just getting rid of something that wasn't selling. Maybe it's as simple as that. The other note here that actually helps add to the price gap now is that the Smart Air suspension, which is, was required on the higher tier Model Xs, is now required on all Model Xs. You cannot order the car with a coil suspension. So that adds to the price gap as well. On this note, in fact, I wanted this is directly affecting my audience. I wanted to go to Thomas, who we've heard from before. He he called in. He was uh, looking to finalize. He he had the camper question. He's been eyeing an X for a while, and this directly affects Thomas. So I wanted to go to him so we can talk to him a little bit or talk with him uh, in a sense a little bit. So Thomas, go ahead. Hello, Ryan. Thomas here again from Inland Empire. I guess I just want to vent a little bit today. <laughs> so don't take it wrong, but um, last weekend was supposed to be the weekend where we would order our X finally, and uh, obviously it would have been uh, the 60. So <clears throat> it was actually a fun weekend, fun Friday night. Uh, it actually happened at the same time, exactly the same time, or just right after you did your podcast. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it really was down to the color, and... Uh, my wife comes out of the office and says, uh, well, that just got a lot easier because white was just taken off. And uh, so that eliminated one of our color choices, and we were pretty happy that we have reached our decision. And while she was going back into the office, she comes out with a huge, oh, my gosh, and they just took away the 60. I mean, uh, it, it's just crazy. I mean, I, I don't understand how things like that can happen that uh, – decisions have been made obviously and uh, for a reason i would speculate that shareholders were just sitting at a table and said uh, why are we giving away a car uh $10,000 cheaper for the exact same car you know because uh i would imagine that a lot of people they would never upgrade to the 75 um let alone that uh, a few episodes back when i heard from uh <clears throat> some of your uh, listeners, that uh, it's actually way more 
advantageous to have a 60 because you're not wearing your battery out as fast because you can never or you do not ever charge it full. But it, regardless, um, I'm just uh, devastated. So we obviously don't have that kind of money uh, to just throw $10,000 more at it, um, which uh, we still love Tesla. So we're probably just going to go with a barebone S now and uh, lose all the other options that a uh, X has. And um, I, I, I just wanted to voice that. Uh, I don't have, you know, an answer or a question or anything like that at this point. I'm just uh, very disappointed at Elon that uh, he would do something like that. I mean, at least give us a week or two weeks heads up. Say, by the end of this month, uh, this option will be gone, and you have your choice to do it or not. That's all. Um, if anybody has anything to throw at this, you know, I'm uh, happy to uh, hear it and uh, wish everybody good luck. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. Thomas, I am sorry to hear of your story here, but before you go with an S, which, by the way, you're almost certainly going to be extraordinarily happy with, but I know you want an X. So what I would do if I were you, if you have not already done this, you didn't mention it in your call, so uh, the thing I would say is, Go talk to Tesla, ideally face-to-face, if you can, if you have the store nearby, and see if they'll sneak you in. Say, hey, because there, there is a record of you speaking with them. You talked, you'd asked about the, the uh, four-down towing. You, you know, you've been in the store. Uh, at least that was what I gleaned from your call. So there is a record of you with strong interest in the X and looking. Maybe you even have a, a, something saved in the design studio. By the way, if that's a 60D and it's saved in your design studio, that's pretty good case for yourself. Now, obviously, that's, that offer won't extend indefinitely, but uh, again, the, the fact that there is a record of you uh, there is, is only going to be helpful to your cause. If Tesla thinks that it's going to be either build you a 60 or get no sale, now, they don't, they don't know that you're, prob- that you're willing to get an S, but... And I would I would not let them think that just yet. I would I would let them think that it's X or bust for you because uh, they're obviously still producing 60D Model Xs. So uh, now, of course, as I said, there's going to be a cutoff, but I would just run it up the chain. I would take it to them very pol- res- respectfully, of course, politely, of course, but firmly say, hey, I really... I really want to buy a car here. I'm extremely interested in the X. It suits my needs perfectly. It's exactly what I'm looking for. But I just, you know, there's a massive price gap. I, you know, it was, I was going to be ordering the 60D. I know you're still producing them. Uh, can you please sneak me in? If you can, you've got a sale. Uh, that's, a, you know, if you, if you take a reasonable approach like that, odds are they're going to hopefully do everything in their power to accommodate you. And, and again, you know... You've got to try because the worst they can say is no. And then if they do say no, it's up to you to, you know, if you do want to walk away, uh, that's, of course, your right to do so. Or if you go, if you end up going with the Model S, you're probably going to be pretty happy there. So, but give it a, give it a try, you know, put, put that to Tesla and see uh, how it goes and keep me up to date on your progress. I would love to hear how things end up going for you one way or the other. Uh, one other final note, by the way, on things changing in the design studio, just for uh, you parents out there who are considering a, a Model S, the rear-facing child seats uh, 
in the Model S went up 33%. They very, very quietly went from a $3,000 option, which by the way is a factory install only, cannot add it later. So it was three grand, it is now 4,000 bucks. It's two grand, a kid, two grand per kid seat, even though they're both sort of stuck, you know, they're sort of one piece, but. Uh, so that is, that was a quiet little mini price hike up in there. As for why, my guess is that they're probably not getting a ton of orders on that. And so they figure, well, if we're not getting a ton of orders anyway, why don't we maximize the revenue on it for, from those who do order it, figuring that if someone does really want it, they're going to go ahead and pay the four. So uh, be wary of that if you are a Model S shopper. Now, the big news of the week, arguably, I think that it was, is that Tesla, Elon tweeted out here uh, that Tesla's going to be making a product announcement next week, possibly, depending, depending on when some of you listen to this podcast, it may have already happened. It's happening on October 17th, which is Monday, in fact. So, uh, of course, it's going to happen shortly after this podcast goes live. Seems to be my my curse. <laughs> so, I don't it, You know, it doesn't matter. It's whenever you publish a podcast, it, it, it always works out that way. That happens to me all the time on my Xbox podcast at IGN, where we record on Wednesday mornings, and then like Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning, something big breaks that I wish we could have talked about on the show we'd just done. But in any case, Elon tweeted out, Tesla product unveiling on the 17th, and then in parentheses, unexpected by most, followed by Tesla Solar City on the 28th. Now, uh, the 28th event is for the Solar City, uh, the solar roof thing, which I can't wait to see. But the 17th, so he says, when Elon says uh, that the product unveiling is unexpected, is he talking about the unveiling is unexpected? Like the, uh, the, the fact that they're going to have anything, like just the announcement is unexpected? Or is he saying that the product that they'll be announcing will be unexpected? I really have no idea what this will be. I've read some of the Electrek speculation, the Tesla Motors Club speculation, and we obviously don't have time to solicit guesses for it on the Ride the Lightning hotline and play them next week. But what I would encourage you to do very much, because... Uh, always in need of plenty of good calls on the Ride the Lightning hotline. When the, when the announcement is made on Monday, please call in with your reaction. Just give me your reaction in about a minute, minute and a half. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think of whatever it is. Maybe what you can tell me also what your expectation was, if you had a guess. Of course, the toll-free number, which I'll give you again later in the show, is 1-888-989-8752. You just call in and leave a message, but... Uh, here's how I see this. If there's no big invite-only event, which there does not seem to be for this, it's probably not anything huge. So it's not Model 3 Reveal Part 2. I would, I would bet my Model 3 reservation on that. And it's probably not Autopilot 2.0. Uh, it's, in fact, it's, by the way, it's probably not anything related to the Model 3. Uh... The, and again, as I mentioned, the Solar City roof tiles thing is what's happening on the 28th, so it's not going to be that. There's no way it's Model Y. I wonder if it could be as simple as 
the 100D battery for the SNX with a like a massive 350 mile range battery on the S. We know that this is coming. Tesla had said it would be later in the year, the, you know, the non-performance version of the 100 kilowatt hour battery. The only other thought that comes to mind, maybe it's maybe a faster charging high power wall connector to improve the usability and uh, appeal of destination charging since Tesla, you know, can only can only keep up with supercharger demand so much. Maybe they're they've uh, rung a little bit more efficiency and speed out of the high power wall connector. They maybe they've got a new one and and uh, it'll charge the cars up faster. So I'm really not sure. I'm pretty stumped on this one. So I'm I'm going to be very very curious to see what goes down on Monday. Uh, in fact, on this note, on the product reveal, David from New Orleans has some speculation. He'd heard about it and called in. So, David, let's hear from you. Hey, Ryan. This is David from New Orleans. Hey, I thought I'd give you a little fun speculation for your show. Um, coming up on the 17th uh, and also later in the month, you know, Elon has got a couple of announcements coming. I find it very interesting that um, recently told the employees and also the shareholders they would have to raise money in the fourth quarter. Uh, but now he's saying it's not necessary in the fourth quarter and probably not even in the first quarter of next year. So I'm thinking, where did this sudden influx of cash come from? They're doubling the size of the Fremont factory. They have to build out the Gigafactory they have to put in new stores, new service centers, and superchargers all over the world. And all of a sudden, now they don't need the cash. So where could that money be coming from? Could it be another automaker maybe wants to have Tesla build their cars and gave them a lot of cash? Or even more, could it possibly, possibly be somebody maybe in the Bay Area that would love to be able to say one of their products is made in the USA, and they're right there. They've already had their engineering design team right in the same area. Yes, I'm thinking Apple. It would be perfect for them to have their car made right there at the Fremont factory. So who knows? Maybe they're getting a little money from them. But just a little fun to have a little speculation just until the announcements come up on the 17th. Uh, enjoy the show. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Well, David, I like your detective work here, and what you propose is not completely out of the question. However, I would think that uh, in the ego battle there between Elon and Apple, specifically, of course, Tim Cook, that Apple would want to be the ones to make that announcement and do so at a big event rather than just have Elon do it in a release or on a call. So, and, you know, if they did, if, if that did happen and Apple had an event, I would figure they'd, you know, they'd of course trot Elon out on stage as the big guest to, you know, sort of have the, have the big photo op moment where they're shaking hands. Now, of course, Elon has publicly feuded with Apple a bit, or at least more specifically, he's taken pot shots at employees who have left Tesla for Apple. But 
that doesn't mean anything. I mean, it, it's it's certainly possible that Tesla could be partnering up with Apple to build Apple's iCar, but I just think that it would be a bigger event than what we're getting. So we'll see. I like your line of thinking, though. I like I appreciate the speculation. I think it's uh, fun to speculate. So, David, thank you very much for that call. By the way, on a similar note, mark your calendars. November 17th is the date that Tesla and SolarCity shareholders will vote on the proposed merger. So if you happen to be a shareholder, keep an eye on your email box, your inbox, for instructions on how to vote that will be coming. It's going to depend, according to Tesla, it'll depend on sort of how you hold your shares, which I interpret to mean if you have them through a broker or through a, I don't know, I don't know anything about stocks, but uh, so keep, you know, just keep an eye on your email for that and you will get a chance to make your voice heard. Tesla is encouraging shareholders to vote early. So I'm not quite sure why, maybe because if they get enough support early, that'll help sort of seal the deal, like sort of, you know, um, create kind of some momentum towards a yes vote. I don't know. But uh, if you're a shareholder, keep an eye on your email box. This next story comes via Bloomberg. Tesla is claiming, or internally, not publicly, I might add, uh, they're claiming dominance in the large luxury sedan market. Bloomberg was able to obtain some internal Tesla figures that are not something that's uh, meant for public consumptions, but they got their hands on it anyway. And according to Bloomberg, Tesla's U.S. sales of the mo- uh, pardon me of its Model S sedan jumped 59% in the third quarter over the same quarter last year, increasing its already sizable lead among large luxury cars. Uh, uh, Tesla now says it's responsible for almost a third of all sales in the segment, which, by the way, I'd like to add is nearly double the market share. Again, this is according to Tesla's own internal numbers. So, you know, again, while I I am one to give Tesla the benefit of the doubt, you know, take it with a a little grain of salt just because these are not sort of independent numbers. Those are Tesla's own internal metrics. But uh, that, that figure is nearly double the market share of its next closest competitor, which is the Mercedes S Class, followed by the BMW 7 Series. Now, in the Bloomberg story, they had an interesting quote. I found this very interesting. From Ken Sparks, who uh, is the ironically named Ken Sparks. Well, I guess it's not ironic because BMW does have an electric car program. Let's say for, for Ken's quote right here, his last name is very fitting. Ken Sparks, a spokesman for BMW, declined to directly address Tesla's data But he said, quote, the numbers do show that electric cars are progressing and continuing to gain in popularity, Sparks said in an email. That's ultimately good for us all. And you know what? I wanted to say thank you, Ken Sparks, and good for you as a spokesman of BMW for not taking the opportunity to take a shot at Tesla or to downplay electric vehicles. Again, I know that BMW does have their own. Uh, electric vehicle program. And we're going to talk a little more about that in a minute in a big, big way. But I'm just really glad to hear someone at a competitor say, hey, you know what? This is really good for everybody to see that EVs are viable and they can, they can uh, you know, do well in the market. So that is the 
That is the go hashtag team EV attitude that everybody needs, that every, not only, not just car makers, especially car makers, but the general public as well. So Ken Sparks, I tip my cap to you, sir. Uh, that, is a, that is a wonderfully stand-up comment on your part, and I, I, for one, appreciate it. So thank you. Meanwhile, in the luxury SUV market, where, of course, the Model X resides, those same internal Tesla figures say that the X sold 5,428 U.S. cars during the third quarter, which accounts for a 6% market share in that time. That is the X's highest mark yet after, obviously, production issues had, uh, had sort of slowed things earlier in the year. And Bloomberg says, according to Tesla's data, the Model X outsold Porsches and Land Rover's SUVs, meaning the Cayenne and, uh, well, I guess there's the Land, I don't know what the Land Rover model number is. I was just referred to them as Land Rovers, but, but, uh, but trailed seven SUV models made by Mercedes, BMW, Cadillac, Volvo, Audi, and Lexus. So somebody has two cars, two SUVs on that list that are ahead of uh, the X, which I'm going to guess, who who has two? Oh, probably Audi. The Q, is there a Q7? Q7 and Q5, I would suspect. But uh, we don't, I don't, we don't have, we don't know for sure. But in any case, so Tesla there, the X rather, kind of in the middle of the pack there. So for me, it, I think it's going to be interesting to see where the X ends up in, say, a year from now, because the, the X has a lot more competitors to beat before it can be number one. But I don't know. I, I expect it's going to move up at least a few more spots before all is said and done. I mean, remember, as I sort of mentioned earlier in the show, the X still hasn't even... Well, I didn't say this specifically, but I, the, the sentiment here. The X still hasn't even been seen or in some cases even heard of by a lot of people in the United States. It's kind of in the position, and this is what I was, this is what I was alluding to, it's kind of in the position that the S was in 2013. So give the X some time. You know, they get into neighborhoods. And it, and this happens. I mean, this is exactly what happened to the Model S. I mean, if you, my, my, Uber boss, as I like to call him, Per Schneider, who has an 85D he's had for a little over a year, about a year and a half now, actually. He's talked about how, like, his neighborhood, uh, he lives in the North Bay, is like he's got, there's a ton of Model S's in the neighborhood. It's because, you know, one guy gets one, shows it off to, the, to, to a neighbor, and neighbor falls in love with it, he gets one, and it just, it does, it does uh, spread around like that. So I suspect in, over the next year, we'll see that happen a lot with the Model X as well. Uh, so we'll see. And by the way, on a related note, Tesla just filed a master plan with the city of Fremont regarding the Fremont factory, which of course, that's where the, Fremont, California is where the factory is located. And that plan calls for Tesla to double the overall size of the plan in the coming couple of years in order to meet production demand for Model 3. They're going to be adding... 12 new buildings, <clears throat> pardon me, on the footprint, uh, which will also up the number of jobs at the, fa at the factory 
by about 50%, up to over 9,000 from the uh, six-something thousand it's at right now. So that is great news. That is going to be awesome. And by the way, Fremont officials in the story I read about this were just downright ecstatic. They were in no way antagonistic towards Tesla. It was just, yep, this is great. We're happy to work with Tesla on this. Uh, It's just good news. So love seeing everybody on the same page in order to help Tesla become the best car company it can possibly be. Now, what I was sort of alluding to earlier when I was talking about BMW is some really interesting news and some really good news for fans of Tesla and really just fans of electric cars in general. Elon tweeted this out. Uh, And again, it's, it's extremely relevant and extremely of interest to anybody listening to this podcast, even though it's not Tesla-specific news. Ars Technica reports that the German Bundesrat, which is the federal council of all 16 German states, basically the, the German government, has voted to ban gasoline and, and diesel-powered vehicles by 2030. That is not that far away. That's less than 15 years from now. So this is incredible, folks particularly in a country that is home to Mercedes, BMW, and Audi. Now, just think about what, what that means. These are, they're, you know, they're the big three of Europe, arguably. I mean, I don't even know if it's arguable. In the same way that America has its current big three of Ford, Chevy, and Chrysler, I have, uh, I don't know if I've ever made the argument on this show. I'm sure I must have. Uh, I, you know, I really think that by 2030, we might see one of those quote unquote big three in America. Chrysler seems like the most likely of the lot right now, based on their apparent total lack of interest in electric vehicles. I think the big three in, uh, by 2030 in America is going to include Tesla at the expense of one of the other ones. But, uh, which I, I mean, I think that'd be great. We'll see. Time will tell. I mean, if Tesla can actually sell half a million plus Model 3s a year, or even up to a million and and a million Model Ys a year, then they will absolutely be in that conversation, plus the S, plus the X, plus maybe a next-gen Roadster. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. So the German government voting to ban gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles by 2030, just paving the way for an electric vehicle, zero-emissions vehicle future in Germany. now, I don't mean to be pessimistic here, but sadly, I can't ever imagine the U.S. doing the same thing thanks to the oil money that's, that's really wrapped up in American politics. And I, you know, I hate to say that. I don't want to get political. I'm not going to get into that at all. But, uh, you know, it's, it's possible. I mean, if there were a supermajority of, of one party... Uh, there, there is a, a scenario in which maybe, uh, maybe this could happen, but you know, because after all, to look at it opt- optimistically, the uh, the EPA has raised the minimum mile per gallon standard quite a lot in recent years. In fact, they've got it. It was just a few years ago it was set to be. It needs to be 54 and a half miles per gallon by 2025. So within a decade from now. The, the every car sold needs to meet that standard. So that's pretty impressive there. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I sadly don't carry a lot of optimism for America ever following the Germans' lead here, but uh, every little bit helps, and the Germans doing it will certainly 
I would think, lead the way in Europe. So bravo, Germany. I, I truly applaud you on that move. And uh, here's, to, here's to the USA somehow, some way, following suit in the near future. All right, that wraps it up for this week's Tesla news. I'm going to come right back and take care of a few more excellent phone calls, uh, messages that you've left in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this short musical break. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, the portion of the podcast where we hear from you guys, the audience, on whatever Tesla topics are on your mind. So if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic you'd like to bring up, give me a call. The Ride the Lightning Hotline is a toll-free 24-7 voice mailbox where you can just call in, leave a message, and I'll play it on a future show. The toll-free number, which you can call or Skype if you want, is 1-888-989-8752. And I remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And we start this week with our friend DJ from North Central Ohio, replying to last week's topic of the autonomous Sophie's Choice that, uh, a, a, you know, autonomous vehicle AI will be faced with in the coming years. So, DJ, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is DJ from North Central Ohio again. Uh, calling in uh, regarding the, the autonomy uh, question from last week. Uh, I also listened to that same episode of Kind of Funny, uh, The Game of Greggy Show, and was kind of like flipping out as I was listening to it, because I'm curious about your opinion on this. Personally, I find it fairly abhorrent that the people in the car would ever have to drive into a barrier, which seems to be the Sophie's Choice that is one of the options, and a lot of people think, yeah, the car should drive into a barrier and see the people on the street. But I propose this. In a, in a situation where there's a no win and the car is doing the right thing, the sharp car should continue to do the right thing, um, regardless of what's going on. Um, if the people shouldn't have been in the path, I look at this much like a train. You know, when there's train tracks, you know, if a train is coming, the train is not going to be able to stop. And I think as we get into the future, this is going to be a lot of uh, conditioning folks to understand that roads are like train tracks now. The cars, while they will try to stop for you, can't be guaranteed to stop, and you really need to be careful. Anyway, we really look forward to hearing what you think about it uh, and what others might also think about it, too. Thanks a lot. Keep up the good show. Later. Well, DJ, I suspect that the cars are also going to be able to fleet learn in addition to whatever morality, quote-unquote morality programming it has. Now, to answer your question, though, I totally see where you're coming from. You know, that, hey, people shouldn't be where they're not supposed to be, and that's the, that shouldn't be the car's fault. And But that is just absolutely, in the real world, that is absolutely not going to fly with autonomous car programming because human lives are always going to be worth more than the car, no matter what the scenario is, whether the people in the, are in the wrong place or not. So... It's going to choose that brick wall every single time, I think. Uh, and at least that's where Tesla's being the safest cars on the planet come into play. But it's a very interesting topic to think about, so I appreciate the call. 
I'm going to go now to Pete from Wadsworth, Illinois, who's eyeing himself a CPO Tesla and has a question about that. Pete, let's see if we can help you out. Hi, Ryan. My name is Pete. I'm calling from Wadsworth, Illinois, which is a far, far northern suburb of Chicago. Uh, recently, my wife and I uh, may be in the market, we found out here, coming up for a Tesla. And what would fit our budget the best and what we find uh, quite possibly with the best value would be a CPO uh, Model S. And I'm kind of curious, I'm somewhat of a new listener, and I heard a show a while back where you interviewed a gentleman, I believe, from Michigan, uh, who owned a CPO unit and uh, kind of described to you what it was like. Uh, what I'm curious about that is, would a CPO Tesla with, say, a given 20, 25,000 miles on it be a better value than an ICE car? that's used with, say, 20,000 miles on it, given that there's not as many moving parts and whatnot. You know, I'm talking besides, the, obviously, the tires and whatnot. Just kind of curious, sir, if any other uh, uh, Tesla current owners uh, have any thoughts or input on that. Is a CPO just as good of a value or better than an ICE car with equal amount of miles on it? Really love the show, and I look forward to it each week. Uh, thank you very much for doing the podcast. First of all, Pete, welcome to the show. I appreciate you giving this podcast a try. And while to answer your question, I would certainly open the floor to actual owners, particularly any owners out there of CPO Teslas, I think that yes, absolutely, you're, it's going to be a better value than a comparable uh, certified pre-owned ICE car. Be, and on top of that, you know, be, for the exact reason you cite, you know, fewer moving parts and things, but also any bugs that may have been in the car, which at this point with the S, not, you know, the S is pretty rock solid by, by most accounts, but still, I mean, any bugs that might be in the car are likely to have been shaken out. Uh, and, and really remember too, that you do get a nice warranty even on a CPO car as well. So, um... Seems definitely like a viable option. Keep Again, keep me, as I told Thomas as well, keep me updated on your progress. I'd love to hear if you end up uh, taking the plunge and getting yourself a Model S. Best of luck to you in whatever you end up deciding. I'm sure you know, you're clearly doing your research, doing your homework, and uh, I'm confident that whatever your decision is going to be a, a, a well-researched one on your part. So uh, now Chris from Los Angeles, who wonders how those recent paint color removals from the S and X are going to affect the Model 3, which is a valid question for many of us listening to this podcast, including the host, uh, since I am, a lot of us are on that Model 3 reservation list. So Chris, take it away. Hey Ryan, it's Chris from Los Angeles, big fan of the podcast. Hey, I have a question uh, as to what you might think will happen with the Model 3 as far as the ending of the metallic silver and solid white paint colors. I know you mentioned that uh, the metallic silver for the Model S had uh, been taken away, and then they brought it back. Um, and now, obviously, they took it they took it away and took took the solid white paint from the uh, design studio. I'm wondering if you think that's going to affect the paint choices for the Model Three, or if you think that they have like a separate design studio, or that may not. Uh, hold true to the Model 3 and they may have 
different paint colors or more paint colors because obviously I think uh, I'm not alone when I say that I don't want to have to spend another $1,000 uh, just to get a white car. Um, cool. Thank you. Big fan of the podcast. Well, we do know, Chris, that Tesla is going to be upgrading the paint shop uh, for Model 3 so that if they wanted to, they totally could offer different colors on the 3 than on the SRX or vice versa, because uh, presumably they'll, the 3 will have its own paint line, particularly with the production needs of the 3 relative to the, or compared to the production needs of the S and X. But I think that the paint options are going to be cheaper on the 3. It's a cheaper car. Uh, the car itself is smaller, so theoretically it would be fair if the paint options, uh, even, even if they were the same colors, cost a little bit less. That would be, that would be nice. Uh, you know, the, the, the paint options now on the S and X are $1,000 for all of the metallic colors and $1,500 extra for the two multi-coats, which are the white, the, the pearl white, and the multi-coat red. Uh, so I, I do think that the, uh, those paint options, those same options will be cheaper on the three, but I do also think that there's gonna be more than one quote-unquote free paint color option on the three, because while, you know, of course, Tesla is gonna wanna make as much money on every car as possible, but I also think that they wanna make it explicitly clear to the entire world particularly now that the competition is coming, whether it's the Bolt or other cars, they really want to make it abundantly clear to the world that this is a really good car, even at $35,000, uh, which is something that Elon himself said that, that exactly as such back at the Model 3 reveal. So I definitely think I'd be willing to make a small wager, maybe a lunchtime wager, that there are going to be at least two options for paint on the three that won't cost you any additional money. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And again, that wraps it up for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. I encourage you to call in. I'm, I've, uh, I've currently used, uh, used all the calls that I've gotten for the last couple shows, so can take plenty more. Again, we've got that big product announcement, or at least a, I don't know if it's a big one, but it's a product announcement from Elon and Tesla this week. So give a ring. Let me know uh, if you want to react to something on the show, that product announcement or what have you, or you've got a question, etc. Toll-free number. Leave a voicemail. 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. Be right back for you right after this with a couple final notes. All right, first of all, uh, to close out this week, I'd like to thank all six of you, six of you that I'm aware of for now, uh, who have used Kevin Rapp's referral code to buy yourself an S or an X. That means, thanks to you guys, Kevin gets those arachnid wheels, which is just great because it's your generosity which uh, rewarding his generosity uh, which and Kevin's generosity of, I mean, yes, Kevin's getting something out of it, but he is, he, I, and I believe him when he says that he will uh, get his, that Model X to me if he happens to win it after I, of course, write him a really large check that I'll have to take out a loan for to cover even just the taxes on a free Model X. But 
In any case, uh, yeah, the referral program, the current one anyway, has ended. Uh, so thanks to everybody that used the code. Thanks to Kevin Rapp. And we'll see if Tesla fires up a new one. Uh, and if they do, uh, I'm happy to keep the same thing going where uh, if, you, if you're a Tesla owner and you'd like me to give out your code so you've got a shot at some of those prizes, uh, I, in return, it's uh, I want the X if you, if you happen to win it in the, in the subsequent raffle. So we'll see if they, if they keep the referral program going or start a new one. Subscribe to Dave T's excellent weekly Tesla newsletter. He f delivers that via email each and every Friday. TeslaWeekly.com is the site for that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan or email me TeslaPodcast at gmail.com. Of course, by day, I work at IGN.com, the world's biggest video game website. I do uh, a number of shows and things there. The Our Weekly Xbox podcast, the IGN Unfiltered monthly show where I uh, sort of, it's a Charlie Rose thing where I sit down one-on-one -on -one with some of the the uh, just brightest and most interesting minds in the video game industry. I've got a new episode hitting this week, by the way. It's going to be Vince Zampella. He's the co-creator of Call of Duty, who of course uh, found himself embroiled in a in a big lawsuit, and you know he's, he's got a new company now, and so we get into all that, and it's a really good conversation with Vince, and I really enjoy doing that show if, uh, if you're into the video game thing at all. Uh, AbstractOcean.com is, uh, by all accounts, an excellent Tesla accessories website. They've got, uh, again, the uh, lighting kits. They've got silicone key fob pockets for SNX. They've got uh, Tesla lanyards, all kinds of fun stuff. And again, they, they have reached out to me and kindly offered up a coupon code for listeners of this podcast. So use coupon code RTL podcast. That's all one word. RTL podcast at checkout to get 20% off of your order. That's a fantastic offer. So thanks to the folks at abstractocean.com for that. Uh, lastly, Patreon. I want to thank the Patreon producers, the very kind folks that support this podcast at the $20 per month level or higher. And those very kind souls are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, and Scott Gillis. And uh, if you do enjoy the podcast and you'd like to consider saying, uh, pledging a little bit of a thank you uh, for the, the hours of work that do go into this, both the preparation, the execution, the publishing, all of it. It's uh, kind of a little part-time job unto itself at this point, but it is one I'm having a blast doing. So uh, all I'd ask is that you please take a look at the Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E. Oh, and, and I think, ah, just Teslarati, that's right, those are the last folks I always like to thank because they are usually kind enough to make a mention of, of each week's new episode of this show, which I sincerely appreciate them help, uh, helping to get the word out on the podcast. And those guys, Gene and the crew there, just does Electric Gen. Uh, they do a great job of staying on top of Tesla news on a daily basis. So uh, do check out teslarati.com if you have not already given it a look. That'll do it. I think most of you already subscribe to the podcast, which is the easiest way to get it. That way it's just downloaded straight to you and you don't have to do anything. 
You can subscribe via iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or there's an RSS feed or just direct MP3 downloads on the podcast hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Libsyn spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. All right, that wraps it up. I want to thank everybody, as always, for listening and apologize one more time for that. I'm just, honestly, I'm, I mean, I'm embarrassed more than anything else that I just screwed up that paint color story last week. It's, uh, it's real dumb of me, and I am going to hopefully not do that again. <laughs> so sorry again, uh, and that's it. I'm going to just wrap it up there. So happy electric motoring, everybody, and I'll see you back here for episode 64 at the same time next week. Take care, everybody.